Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we come to the seventh of the Beatitudes that Jesus preached in His Sermon on the Mount, and we find that in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. As Christians, we all want to be called sons of God, and so we are known. So how are you doing at being a peacemaker? What does that mean, and how can we apply it? I know one of the first things that comes to my mind is what Solomon wrote. There is a time for war and a time for peace. I would think it's pretty critical to discern which time is which, or we can really make a mess of things. So... Do we know when the time is appropriate to be a peacemaker and when it's time to make a stand? In what contexts should each apply? Well, hopefully this week, as we focus on what it means to be a peacemaker, the answers to questions like these will solidify in our minds so that we can honor God in all that we do in our daily lives. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Purveyors of Peace. This morning we're going to return to our series in the Sermon on the Mount, I almost said something really silly like, we're going to return to normal. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, But at least back to our normal pattern of working through a portion of Scripture. And uh, we've been away from this for several weeks now, but we come back today where we're devoting a message to each of the so-called Beatitudes. Beatitude is just the Latin word for blessing. And as you know, Jesus began this great master sermon with a series of pronouncements of blessings on certain kinds of people who are the kinds of people who stand in His grace. And He was giving, if you will, a a precursor of a description of what a Christian is. This sermon was delivered by Jesus on a day of tremendous significance He had spent the entire night before this in prayer. And then first thing that morning, he had publicly named the 12 apostles, distinguishing them from all the others that were following him. And then this sermon was delivered a little later that same day. The crowd was enormous. This was delivered at the height of Jesus' popularity during his ministry in Galilee. Though the Scripture doesn't exactly say it as I've looked at the, the Gospels, I, I believe Jesus probably had announced in advance that something special was going to happen on this day. And the announcement of the Twelve and then this um, longest recorded sermon of His in all of the Scriptures, all on that same day. Now the crowds seeking out Jesus were huge. The interest was at a fever pitch. But not everyone was happy about that, especially the party called the Pharisees were fuming over Jesus' popularity. 
They wanted to get rid of him. They had already begun working with their arch enemies, the Sadducees, to put together this plan to get Jesus killed. And they worked on it for over a year before it was actually God's timing, not theirs. Well, there were many Pharisees present to hear this sermon. And as you will see when we get a little bit further down the page in chapter 5 of Matthew, this sermon was by design a frontal assault on the Pharisees' theology and their legalistic view of righteousness, exposing the flaws of the system of the Pharisees, begins with the Beatitudes. Now, to get you up to speed with uh, what we've been doing here, I want to consider a couple of New Testament descriptions of a Christian. There are many. I'll just pick out two. One is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. You see, the, the Pharisees taught that to, that to know God began with this process. It, it would start out with circumcision. It would include all kinds of, of sacrifices and rituals and learning all of these things. And that's completely contrary to being in Christ. That's not a process of improving yourself until you achieve righteousness and forgiveness and salvation. It's a miraculous transformation that makes you into a... A, a new creature. It's so radical that Jesus called this being born again. Peter reiterates that in in First Peter, and and uh, it's called new life or regeneration in uh, in Titus. Nothing less than a work of God can accomplish a transformation like that. Well, let's look at another definition of a Christian. This one from the beginning of the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. This is just the, the first little bit of a sentence that is 134 words long in Greek, the longest sentence in the Bible. But here's the head of it. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's where blessings come from. It's the innate blessedness of God, and He bequeaths it upon us. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with, get a load of this, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Every spiritual blessing is an astounding statement. Uh, let's review the Beatitudes that we've seen so far and think of this as they really are enumerating some of the spiritual blessings, some of the things that are the characteristics of that new creature that you become in Christ. So follow along with me as I read to you the first several of the Beatitudes, starting in verse 3 of chapter 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, or meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. 
And then for today, verse 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Those are spectacular blessings. How amazing. We, we, we get to be, um, uh, we, we get to be uh, part of the kingdom of God. We get to be comforted. We get to be inheriting, inheriting the earth, satisfaction spiritually, receiving mercy, seeing God. How incredible. Now, Jesus, in pronouncing these blessings on those that truly follow Him, put their faith in Him, He is setting up what He is going to say in plain words a little bit further down the page. I'm going to sneak you to the theme statement of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, verse 20. He says, For I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, on that day, in that place, at that time, in that culture, you ask anybody there, who's the most righteous person you know? They'd say, well, where's the nearest Pharisee? They pronounced themselves righteous. They, they were utterly confident that they had achieved a righteousness all on their own. How do we know that? Jesus said so. The system of the scribes and the Pharisees was that they, quote, trusted in themselves that they were righteous. That's Luke chapter 18, verse 9. And that begins that, that story about the, the Pharisee and the tax collector who went to the temple to pray. The Pharisee was so proud, the tax collector so humble. When you compare what the Pharisees taught, believed, and acted like compared to the Bible's description of true believers... It's quite a contrast. The scribes and the Pharisees were proud of their spiritual accomplishments. They loved to be addressed the right way, and, and they loved to say their prayers on the street corners and make a big deal about their offerings. And Jesus says, well, true believers acknowledge their spiritual bankruptcy. They said they believe they are righteous. They trusted in themselves that they were righteous. Jesus says true believers mourn over their sin. Pharisees were dominant and judgmental. Jesus says, my people are meek and gentle. They said that they were confident of their own accomplishments, and Jesus says, no, the ones that follow me are constantly hungering and thirsting for righteousness. They were merciless in how they treated people. And Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they receive mercy. They did all of this to cover up their impure hearts. And Jesus says, my people are made pure in heart. And what the Pharisees did, well, the word, the very word Pharisee comes from a word that has to do with uh, the horizon marking off one line from another. They drew lines. They drew distinctions. They said who was in. They said who was out. It's our way or the highway. And they were divisive and cruel. And Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. Now, we're going to follow the same pattern. We have this um, uh, beatitude and then one more, the longest one. Might even take us two sessions. I'm not sure. We'll follow the same outline. Who is blessed and what does the blessing include? Well, very simple, just four words. Who is blessed? Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God. Now, peacemakers has a 
specific meaning. We're not talking about a political process or a political assembly. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.